Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, healthcare is more important than ever. While there is plenty of technology in medicine, delivering basic medical care still relies on traditional method. Today's guest is trying to change that. Paul Ritchie is the interim CEO of SOC Telemed. We're going to find out what SOC stands for in this podcast. And they're on a mission to bring doctors and patients together with technology for the best possible results. I really like this conversation. I think you will too. Welcome, Paul, to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Well, thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to join you. Absolutely. We were talking before. We've got, we've got, we've walked some same ground over in Rochester from time to time uh, with your background and former background in uh, Xerox. So it's good. To, it really is good to have someone who we've been in those same meeting rooms, maybe not at the same time, but certainly in those same rooms so from time to time. Hey, there, there have been telemedicine services around for a while now. So what makes uh, your company different? Well, what distinguishes SOC is that we're focused exclusively on telemedicine for the acute facilities. There are about 6,000 acute facilities in the United States, uh, and we're helping to virtualize the delivery of, of specialty physician care across those acute facilities. Most telemedicine today is focused on uh, the um, serving the problems of ambulatory and primary care to consumers. That's not what we do. We serve hospital and hospital systems uh, and helping them to gain access to to uh, specialty care such as neurology, psychiatry, intensive care specialists uh, in those uh, facilities through through a telemedicine platform. So is it direct to the patients or just with the physicians themselves? Well, it's, a, it's, it's, of course, a virtualized link delivered over video, and so it involves both the physicians and clinicians uh, in, the, uh, in the hospital systems and the patients themselves as well. So it's, a, so it's a holistic approach in terms of reaching out. And when you talk about acute, what's the difference between acute and the other medical services I might need? Well, so mo- much of what we do from from time to time is is it go into an ambulatory setting or we see our primary physicians for uh, more routine care, but acute involves uh, more serious care for for special procedures. So so an example uh, of that's very common in uh, in our business is uh, a patient who's uh, presents at a emergency room with a stroke, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that hospital may not have a specialist uh, for in in stroke neurology, and so they they engage a teleconsultation with us very quickly in 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 minutes, uh, and a special stroke specialist uh, on SOC staff becomes available over a video link using our software platform, and um, and uh, assesses the patient with the clinicians on, on staff there in the hospital present with the patient um, and decides what treatment to deliver for that stroke patient. All, all that has to be done, for example, 
in benchmark hospitals that that procedure has to be done from the moment the patient walked in to the moment the patient might receive the injection to treat the stroke has to happen within 30 minutes. So it's a very high acuity situation uh, that's done unpredictably on demand. Uh, and that's what our business delivers. It delivers the ability to address these on-demand high acuity procedures uh, very quickly at high quality standards. I, I'm just now I'm boggled by just the, the logistics of all that, which I want to kind of get into a little bit. What what does the SOC stand for? Specialist on call. And so there that's, you go. That's, yeah. that's what we do. We provide specialists in, in, in uh, neurology, psychiatry, and intensive care who can be available on demand in a very efficient way. And it creates a number of benefits for the hospital. First of all, it allows them to continue to serve these uh, specific needs. If they didn't have access to specialists, they would have to turn, for example, stroke patients away to other facilities. Uh, it allows them to resolve backlogs. Uh, one of the chronic problems in healthcare in institutions today is uh, backlogs of patients who show up in emergency rooms. Uh, um, psychiatric counseling in emergency rooms can sometimes take a day or more than a day. And it allows hospitals the, the, to address these, these requirements with, by, by um, accessing teleconsultation and, and not having to have 24-7 coverage uh, through staffing uh, in the facility, which is very expensive. So it helps them save money and costs is a primary issue within healthcare today. Well, and you can't have those folks around 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and all domains or all specialties that you'd need for those experts to be available. Yes, that's right. And so in addition to serving the hospitals directly, we also make our software platform available to the hospitals uh, for other specialties in which they might want to use um, their own specialists, um, or in some cases with physicians, staffing organizations that are trying to virtualize the delivery of their services to hospitals as well. So it goes both ways. So not only can I have the resource for my hospital or institution, uh, my group that I need that expertise from somewhere else where I don't have it in-house, but I can also take those experts that I have and put them on the platform and I don't know, job them out, I guess would be a, better, a good way of doing or have a specialty on, on call. Yeah, so a large hospital system might use a combination of their own physicians, specialists. They might use some third party, a specialist group, and they might use some, some uh, specialists from SOC. And they can do that all on one software platform that lets them optimize the, the delivery of those specialties uh, on demand in these unpredictable moments. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this message. And uh, I want to ask some more about specialty on call and telemed. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we are back and we're live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio, world's largest business podcast network. I'm talking with Paul Ritchie. He's the interim CEO of SOC Telemed, which stands for special, specialist, specialty on call or specialist on call? Specialist on call. Specialist on call. So I'm curious about the model itself. Um, I got a lot of questions around the model because I just think it's very innovative in terms of being able to outsource this and X as a service, so to speak. And that's really what we're talking about, but specialty as a service into hospitals or hospitals or uh, clinics, or I, I, I'm not sure who all would use it, but every, it seems like everybody would be able to use that. 
How did you guys come up with the idea in terms of doing it this way? Uh, well, the company has a long history, which began with the uh, notion of delivering neurology uh, services through telemedicine uh, into acute facilities, and that's evolved over time. Uh, and it, as the business grew, uh, it expanded into psychiatry and intensive care. And as the business grew, it developed this software platform because it realized it needed facilitating technology to really optimize the selection of the physician and the delivery of the physician um, in these peak moments in an efficient economical way to a large set of hospitals. So the company has uh, 800 facilities of which 550 are acute setting hospitals and it has to be able to, to provide services to those unpredictably on demand in, in a cost-efficient cost way. Yeah, and are, uh, by the way, are the are the hospitals clinics the ones that are seeking you out in terms of saying, "Hey, we don't have this in our in our chain in every hospital, and so therefore we want to bring that forward from our own existing uh, institution," or are they getting it from somewhere else? Um, uh, we have customers of, of different types, so some customers want to use our platform to optimize the. the the virtualization of their own uh, resources. Uh, in some uh, hospitals, most hospitals are looking for the virtualization of our resources where they have unpredictable demand that they can't afford to staff or can't find the requisite, can't find the specialist and are unable to recruit specialists for, for, that, uh, for that facility at, the, at, at those times. Now, I'm still fascinated by the model. Are they are they paying a monthly subscription, or is there a like you get you get three neurology visits with this, or you get two with this, or how does that work? Because I got to imagine there's got to be some peak moments in there. They do. We do have a subscription model, and they and so we work with the facility. We work with the institution um, uh, up front and and determine with them. What's a likely set of what a likely volume for for the month for monthly, and we set that as a, and we set a subscription fee based on that, and we have the they have the ability to exceed that if they need to for for even higher peak demand moments, and we have a business model and a pricing model that accommodates that. So the other thing I would you know being here, I'm sitting here right in here this moment in South Dakota. I would imagine that. Rural hospitals, rural institutions would need this more than anyone else. Is that the case? It is the case that we have a significant number of customers in small rural hospitals, but it is also the case that, that uh, large systems, 19 of the 25 largest healthcare systems in the country are customers of SOC. And so even in rural, even in urban and suburban areas, this problem can exist because it's very difficult, it's very inefficient to staff for peak demand moments. Um, and so they staff for for those times, they staff for some reasonable flow, but they still need telemedicine to virtualize for these peak demand unexpected surges. Is it mostly delivered via, via uh, 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 video? Yes, preponderantly over video, yes. Yeah. And so let me ask you a question. Is it has been a higher demand for the telemed services during the pandemic? Uh, yes, there has been a higher demand for for uh, for telemedicine services during the pandemic. And there's been an increased um, there's been an increased interest, which has led to a lot of bookings activity for the company this year as um, as um, 
uh, as hospitals have tried to respond to the shortage of physicians, which the pandemic has caused. Mm -hmm. So, and then uh, SOC Telmed's core values have been boiled down to an acronym uh, called GRIP, G-R-I-P. Can you explain what that means? Well, um, the, um, the, the company is, um, has a really strong cultural value. And, and the, first, the first element of that is the golden rule. Um, but it's a, it's a business and so it also includes uh, results. And, uh, and so we came up with GRIP as the acronym for the company's core values. Okay. And so you not only offer regular doc doctor visits over the internet, but also the psychiatric, the neurology, especially visit. Are, are these specialty visits kind of the way of the future or, or is it just something that you're going to see just right now? No, uh, telemedicine was a phenomenon that was happening before COVID. Um, and it was and it was leading to greater and greater virtualization of healthcare. And virtualization of healthcare is a is a phenomena that uh, is going to continue to grow. We've seen a lot of activity in in telemedicine and virtualization, which includes not just the delivery of telemedicine, but remote monitoring uh, and the other other aspects of digitalization of healthcare. Uh, and and COVID has helped increase the comfort level with that, and it's also created greater demand. Uh, because of the because of the shortages of physicians that that it's intensified, so telemedicine is going to be a uh, telemedicine and virtual care more broadly is going to be a, a more significant part of, of of the delivery of healthcare as we look ahead. So, are you surprised, Paul? I mean, you've been at numerous companies as CEO and as an executive, um, working your way through uh, various companies. Are you surprised at, at the that the growth in this area? and the need for it? No, sometimes there's a precipitating event that leads to significant change in healthcare. Um, legislation in the late 2000s um, led to the implementation, the acceleration of electronic medical records, which um, despite the many issues uh, is real progress for, for uh, healthcare. And um, this crisis we've gone through over the last six months I think has uh, has helped illuminate the benefits of virtualization of, of of healthcare as well. That, as I said a moment ago, that was going to happen in any case, but <coughs> greatly accelerated, yeah. and we're going to see significant and continued adoption of telemedicine and virtual care for for uh, over the next several years. Well, I think it's going to be a lot bigger. I mean, in terms of I I've been saying through the pandemic that. Uh, days, days are weeks, weeks are months, months are years. And we're moving at that rapid of, of a pace in, in terms of getting this. And I, do you think also with the, the use of, of video everywhere we're seeing by everyone, you know, we're now all working remotely from home. Here we are connecting through zoom right this very minute. That, that's going to help ease this, this transition to telemed too, right? I think that's right. I think people's comfort with video, the quality of video technology, the software infrastructure such as uh, SOC's Telemed IQ SaaS platform, I think these things are all coming together uh, to make the use of virtualization of healthcare and, and, of course, of work and other things as well more common. Take another quick break. Come back. I want to talk about your growth because then what are you doing to meet that growth and demand that's out there? So we'll take a quick break and be right back. 
C-Suite Radio. Hey everybody, we're back and we're live right here on Facebook and LinkedIn as we bring you a taping of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. I'm talking with Paul Ritchie. He's a CEO, interim CEO, which I want to ask about that, interim CEO of uh, SOC Telemed. So why do we say interim, Paul? Well, I was chairman of the board as, as starting in January and the opportunity to take the company public uh, through a SPAC transaction arose, and so I stepped in as CEO, but I didn't have long-term plans to be a CEO, and so uh, I agreed to serve essentially until toward the end of this year to get the company public. So on the SPAC, are you, do you find an existing company to put it with? Is that what you're doing, or how, how are you moving forward with that? Yeah, so there's uh, the company's announced a merger with Healthcare Merger Corporation, which is a SPAC corporation, uh, a company that was set up for the special purpose of acquiring an operating company uh, and combining the leadership of the healthcare of the SPAC corporation with the leadership of the acquired company, in this case of SOC. And that's a transaction that that should close later uh, this fall. And, and how's that experience been for you? Because not everybody's gone through those. I've been through a few of my career. You know, I bought and sold about 250 businesses in my career. So I've seen a few of those. How's the, how's the experience been for you? Uh, it's gone quite smoothly, actually. We, we, it was, a, it was a, an excellent merger opportunity because it brought together a leadership team from the SPAC that had in-depth experience. Uh, and, and it brought together, as I mentioned, uh, the healthcare leadership team of SOC. Um, we were successful in raising an initial pipe investment, um, and we're moving through the process. It's a lot of work, but, um, yeah. but it's gone quite smoothly. So um, what kind of growth have you seen over the last year for your company? Well, uh, the growth we're projecting as we look into 2021 and 2022 essentially is in the 40% range. Um, and that growth is in part an acceleration of uh, utilization driven by COVID as we uh, go through the next year and in part uh, a ramping up of our sales and marketing efforts um, to um, serve more completely the demand we're seeing in the acute settings that I mentioned earlier. So I got a question in from a listener just came in, Michael Wylan. Hey, Michael, good to hear from you. And uh, congratulations on the Assumption Wylan. Uh, I saw a social post that said that you're having a big anniversary. I don't know if it's your 20th or 25th or your 30th. I can't remember. My apologies. I just know it was pretty, pretty great to see a business that's been celebrating uh, success that long. And I remember when you and Margaret got it started. So uh, it's, it's good to hear from you. He, his question is, what effect does state-level regulation affect the ability to practice telemedicine and telehealth, telehealth across state lines? That's a great question. Yes, it is a complex issue. Um, yeah. and it, 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 there was some alleviation of that issue during the COVID crisis, but um, part of what we do, part of what distinguishes us is our ability to create a network of physicians uh, across 48 states that are provisioned and licensed and, and available to serve a multitude of hospitals. And we have a robust operational organization that recruits those physicians uh, it gets state licensing, gets privileging in, in specific hospitals, and all that is necessary in order to allow the efficient allocation and scheduling of those physicians across numerous institutions, again, for on-demand, un, unexpected um, procedures. 
Um, and that's part of what operationally differentiates us in serving the acute setting. I would think that you, that, well, and maybe you're doing this, and I, I apologize for not knowing, Paul, but are you doing this across country borders? Because it seems to me with the, the healthcare that, you know, we got the greatest healthcare system in the world, at least that's my belief, that we would be a repository for that, that knowledge to other countries as well. Well, there are applications, of course, of this technology and this approach uh, in other countries, but there's so much opportunity in the U.S. SOC is really focused exclusively on on, uh, on North America. Yeah, but Canada as well or just, uh, just the U.S.? We're just doing early things in Canada now. Yeah. And, and I've used the telemed services that uh, Scully has one as well, uh, as you probably well, well aware and uh, more of a consumer uh, product that we've utilized here in the C-suite network. And I've utilized that. And it was always great to be, I'd be in California talking to a doctor in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And there I would be not feeling too well in my hotel in San Francisco and be able to access that. So again, some people are a little skeptical of telemedicine uh, you know, visits. What, what would you tell them? Well, people tend to be skeptical of new things and it, 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 there's a certain discomfort. We take a great deal of, of comfort from uh, human touch and inter, inter, interpersonal interaction. But in the end, this is a very efficient way to get access to higher quality services than you might otherwise be able to get. So you mentioned the rural setting um, and, of course, the ability to have a stroke neurologist available at that critical moment is a, is a real value for the patient and, and the, the hospital, which is trying to manage to better patient outcomes. Um, so. We, we thought we were uncomfortable with, with work at home as well, and we've, we've all become um, much more malleable with respect to that. And virtualization of care allows um, the delivery uh, with, with specialists who are otherwise aren't available. It allows a collection of data. It allows more data analytics. It certainly optimizes time. I, I think it will just be part of our, our evolution that we, we, we accept uh, telemedicine as part of the way we receive care. And there are numerous surveys that have been done this year that validate that, that that's the way patients feel, it's the way providers feel, um, and institutions are, um, as, they, as they look ahead, institutions are planning to expand these capabilities within, within healthcare institutions are planning to expand these capabilities within, within their facilities. So I think telemedicine is here to stay and to grow. Well, and, and and I don't know, if I weren't feeling well at that time and I needed that service, I'd want to talk to the best doctor I possibly could, the best researcher, the best whatever it might be. I want to talk to that person, and you're not always going to get that at a local level, um, but you're going to go to the top. You might get it at the local level, and if you do, great. That's that's fantastic, but if not, go get it somewhere else. You know, I'd, I'd love to sit down and talk to you about the mechanics of how this works behind the scenes because Scott's got who's got to be on call how do you get them on call you know I'm curious what's the onboarding how long does it take to get a doctor or this expert the specialist onboarded to be ready it can take quite some time because you have to recruit the physicians and physicians are in demand we have a recruiting organization that I think is very effective at that but then as I mentioned you have to get them licensed and privileged and they may not be available. They may not have those, those the licensing and the privileging at specific institutions and facilities, specific healthcare facilities in other states. 
And sometimes that required that that process can take six, 12, even even six to 12 months, even longer in some states. So part of the value we uh, we we uh, we deliver is a system that does that very efficiently and, and knows how to maintain that for a significant network of physicians. Yeah. So, Paul, I, I know I noted that, that you were the interim CEO. Does that mean when this uh, SPAC is done, you're you're out of a job? Uh, well, that does mean I'm planning to step down after the SPAC is done, yes. Yeah. But what's that like in terms of you know that's that's the end result? Does that give you any qualms, any issues, That's or that's just part of the job? No, no. I, um, I It's a great team. It's been a great team to work with. I continue to be excited working with them, and um, they're they're going to do great. Uh, and and they've got they've got a deep leadership bench, and they're they're going to continue to sail forward uh, after this transaction. And and I'll, I'll be delighted to have been part of it. Well, thank you, and and thanks for the work that you're doing because it's badly needed in a lot of different places. And you're just bringing better healthcare all the way around, and that's just a fantastic thing. Good luck with the. Uh, Good luck with the taking the company public piece of it as well. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. And I tell you what my big thing is in this is how strong X as a service is. You know, to be able to take a service or an expertise or specialty and put it out there and be able to be all things to those that need it. And I thought that's pretty cool to be able to do that. And I'm wondering where else we're gonna see this. Now this is telemed. Imagine if you had attorneys like that or especially attorneys, special experts, coaches, trainers. Uh, There's gonna be a lot of these types of services popping up as we look at things doing it a lot different. Imagine you could call the biggest expert on logistics when you got a logistics problem or the biggest expert in a crisis when you got a crisis or the biggest expert in a traffic act accident or traffic problem, whatever it might be. I mean, that's what we're seeing is we're seeing innovative things, X as a service. That's what I learned today on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Don't forget, tell your friends and um, and even if they're not a friend, tell them about All Business and tell them about C-Suite Radio. We appreciate it. Come listen to us and find another show that means something to you that you can learn from. They're all here on C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.